0: Our current billionaire boys' club dong-shaped rocket race has a few messages for humanity. From it, we learn that clearly nobody dares tell Bezos that his anatomically correct vehicle is a little bit on the nose and that, in the absence of a global tax regime, Jeff and his mates plan to pretty literally burn all the money. But on top of these sad learnings, our little space spurt also signals that out there is up for grabs. Compensatory star tourism is just the tip of the rocket, as culture files Ornya Gallagher discovered one starry night on the edge of the island. Warning this report contains trig.
1: What you're hearing right now is called sun sonification, or in plain speak, the sound of the sun. Now, This gentle, low-frequency hum isn't necessarily what Icarus would have been listening to in his final moments. But what it is is a scientist's translation of the sun's movement waves, loops and eruptions into sound. Space tends to have an eerie sound to it. Actually, we put these eerie soundtracks to it. Extraterrestrial beings. Dark matter. Nebulas. Black holes It's a whole mysterious language really. Some weeks ago, at the edge of the land on the Bear Peninsula in Cork, while brushing my teeth, I glanced up to the dark sky and saw a very strange thing. Things there were loads of them. Thirty or forty all tied together with some kind of invisible string. Each one like a bright star or a satellite? Mm, but too bright to be a satellite. All travelling along some path together in a line, but not as uniform as I would have liked. They looked like they didn't belong. They moved fast across the sky, and I watched them for around ten minutes until they were out of sight. The sound? Silence. A nervous silence. I let this uncomfortable feeling manifest silly thoughts for a while... And then I went to sleep, knowing that, like all things, there would be a reasonable explanation for the site. And of course, a quick Google the following day of string of moving stars led me directly to the answer. Starlink satellites. A recent launch of new satellites by SpaceX, aka Elon Musk. No surprise there, really. But it was still news to me and seem to be news of some magnitude. Why is no one talking about these new weird things in the sky?
0: Yes, I'm Dr Jeremy Triglone reed I'm an assistant professor at the Universidad de Atacama.
1: So I spoke to an astronomer for further clarification.
0: In Northern Chile. I did my PhD in mainly exoplanets at the University of Keele in Staffordshire in the UK. And I kind of got into the Starlink stuff about just over a year ago when basically, you know, the bright lights in the sky and it was affecting um, general telescopes observations. One of the most prolific ones is from um, DCAM, where they got like mosaic images and there's like 18 starlink streaks going straight across the images. So, yeah, (laughs) and so the issue is, is this a threat? How much of a threat is it? And uh, what mitigations can be done to both by us, the astronomers, and also the actual satellite companies themselves. Starlink is basically it's a subsidiary of SpaceX, and basically the idea is to produce lower orbit satellites that will provide um, high-speed broadband internet to everyone or any every part of the planet. So basically, you could be in South America, rural America, or parts of Africa. You have a ground station, you can basically end up having, you know, four or five G speeds internet, you know, 100 megabytes. The issue is because they're low Earth orbit, their orbital height from the surface of the Earth is roughly 300 to 1,200 kilometers. Standard GPS satellites are normally about 20,000 kilometers. And as luminosity is an inverse square law, you're half the range, you increase the brightness by four. So hence, these satellites are so much more brighter than standard satellites we already have in orbit.
1: Jeremy's insight made me think of space in a different way. I imagined it now as a place, like a club. With navigational passages, operational technological systems, maps, not of stars, but of paths, which vehicles and humans travel. I'd never really considered it like this. This vast expanse of the unknown, free from all these rules, seemed now to me to be in some kind of danger. Whose right is it to conquer all that space above us? We have already unduly claimed every inch of land and sea, and as space, it seems weird, wrong. Who's even licensing this zone?
0: Uh, basically, it's the um, FCC. How it all works under the space treaties is each government that signed up to it's responsible for the companies and themselves. Because we never had this issue before, It was all approved because it normally goes for they look at the radio frequencies and basically making sure that all the satellites are in the right space to make sure there's no interference of radio astronomy and also radio communications. We've never had this issue before, so it's never been looked at.
1: Cosmic travel isn't a new concept to our generations. But in the grand scheme of things, of time, it is very fresh. Maybe it's just the Starlink's look. It's almost swanky or something. But I fear this recent venture is overstepping a boundary. Yes, international high-speed internet is a reputable aim for our society, and SpaceX have been very attentive to astronomers' concerns so far, with various attempts made to reduce brightness. But outer space seems very quickly and without much notice to have gone from something we observe and explore to something we put machines in, something we use.
0: I'm collecting the data, analysing the data and then providing the results to the astronomical community. So the compu- you know computer modelers, the simulations, and also providing the information to SpaceX so they can determine if the new mitigation designs are actually working and if they are working, how efficient are they working. What we wanted to do is get them to at least magnitude 7 or fainter. And when we say uh, magnitude 7, because the brightness of the satellite is an inverse square law, when it's directly above you, the range to you in the satellite is its orbital height. But as it comes low in the horizon, the range increases. Bit of trigonometry there. And as it gets low on the horizon, it will get fainter and fainter. So what we're saying is we want it to magnitude 7 when it's above your head. So when it's low on the horizon, it's then magnitude 8, magnitude 9. SpaceX does seem to be going the right way and um, there are no regulations at the moment and we've got other companies launching their satellites so we're hoping that the other companies, Amazon, OneWeb, will follow in the footsteps of Starlink in respect that saying they're seeing the issues, hopefully they'll come up with their own mitigation designs.
1: There are no regulations at the moment, in this space in which companies such as OneWeb and Amazon are preparing to launch. I'm less optimistic than Jeremy about their discernment. As usual, it's not the unknown, but the familiar aliens that present the greatest danger.
0: Anya Gallagher there on the final frontier of capitalism. For now.